everyone watching and listening to this. Welcome to Chizuba Talks, a podcast dedicated to sharing compelling stories of hope, determination, and humanity. There are as many as 200 million people with intellectual disabilities around the world. A world of competition, where it's hard enough to meet everyday challenges, leave alone athletic achievements. The Special Olympics is an organization that supports over 5 million athletes, 1 million coaches and volunteers, more than 100,000 competitions each year, and 32 Olympic-type sports through programs in more than 170 countries, all dedicated to promoting respect, inclusion, and human dignity through the language of universal sports. Hi, I'm Paige, representing Chezuba, an online SaaS platform that connects corporates, volunteers, and nonprofits. Extremely honored to have David Evangelista, Regional President and Managing Director of the Special Olympics on our podcast today. David oversees program operations in 58 countries in Europe, Eurasia, providing strategic direction and engagement to raise awareness and gain support for the Special Olympics. He has extensive global experience in the areas of government relations, industry engagement, international development, and global partnership building in support of marginalized populations. David was a founding member of the Sports Integrity Global Alliance, SIGA, and is currently member of the Center, of, Center for Sports and Human Rights a former member of the high-level group on sports diplomacy for the European Commission. He is a member of the Advisory Board of Access Challenge, a progressive Melvin Jones Fellow of the Lions Club International Foundation and founding president of the Washington, D.C. Special Olympics Lions Club. David has also served as a guest speaker for the United Nations, European Union, various universities, and a number of civil society organizations on issues related to international development, disability, and government relations. That is an incredibly lengthy list of accomplishments. So very pleased to have you feature on Jezuba Talks today, David. Welcome. Thank you very much, Tej. It's a pleasure to be here. For the purpose of the audience, uh, David, could you please tell us what are some of the examples of intellectual disability and how sport helps uh, people with intellectual disability? Well, thank you very much. Um, intellectual disabilities uh, include, uh, certainly, but are not limited to conditions such as Down syndrome, uh, autism, uh, Fragile X syndrome, Williamson syndrome, uh, not to be confused with mental illness. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are two very different categories, uh, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, et cetera. Um, uh, uh, intellectual disabilities are simply conditions and syndromes. Uh, uh, and uh, sport has a unique ability due to its social, emotional, and health benefits uh, to empower uh, people with intellectual disabilities to achieve their best in the swimming pool, on the slopes, on the pitch, uh, on the court. Uh, and, you know, the idea is really that uh, in a world that can be quite unforgiving uh, yes. and in a world that can be quite cruel, um, sport offers an equalizing effect. It's a, it's a unifier. Um, in, uh, while uh, in the genius of Eunice Kennedy Shriver, our founder, um, she had said in many interviews you know, that while, while the athletes of Special Olympics may not be able to move as fast in the areas of mathematics or social studies or, or physics, uh, they are able to move faster 
uh, in the areas of football, and skiing and aquatics, and basketball and, 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 and athletics. And so I think uh, there's there's a um, the world is aware of the prolific nature of sport. I think the world is just now awakening to the way in which sport has a unique ability to empower us all, not only the stars that we know of the Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, the, the cricket stars, the basketball stars. True, very true. Uh, so these, uh, this started as a backyard summer camp for people with intellectual disabilities. And today it's now a, a global movement, changing lives and attitudes. Uh, how is the organization governed, considering that it has a global presence? Well, so Special Olympics is a global movement. We, we, we categorize ourselves as a movement uh, dedicated to empowering uh, people with intellectual disabilities through sport. Um, we have 190 now. We've grown quite a bit over the past five, six years. We have 190 national organizations. Um, we engage o over 5 million athletes uh, in unified partners through our work. Uh, we have over 120,000 competitions a year. That is governed by, uh, so we operate under a federated system. So mm -hmm. we, we, as the international secretariat, uh, we, um, we accredit national affiliates to use our brand and use our programming and use our, you know, comply with the general standards and the general rules. Our international organization is governed by a board of directors, uh, chaired by Dr. Timothy Shriver, uh, son of the founder of our movement and unto himself a prolific leader in the field of uh, thought leadership and disability and inclusion uh, in unity. Um, our chief executive officer, Mary Davis, uh, an Irish national who has extensive experience uh, th throughout a number of decades uh, in the Special Olympics work, including the, the, uh, the creation of, of world games properties and regional games properties. Our board of directors is a very diverse uh, group of, of leaders, including of uh, uh, leaders, leaders from industry, academia, philanthropy, sport, entertainment, fashion, uh, uh, government—a uh, very, very prolific group. And of course, from our from our international secretary at our headquarter office, we are also um, uh, we're also governed by seven regional offices, uh, mm -hmm. for which I head up one, the Europe Eurasia region, which. I'd like to say is perhaps one of the better regions, uh, but I'm biased because it's the region, I, <laughs> region I'm currently residing in. Um, and those regions include Europe, Eurasia, North America, Latin America, Africa, East Asia, the Middle East, North Africa, uh, the Caribbean. Um, uh, and so um, in many ways, Special Olympics uh, embodies the very well-known saying, think global, act local. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we are the we are we are one of the most global actors, but yet the stage upon which we act um, is always local. And so, if all politics is local, perhaps all Special Olympics is as well. Yeah, lovely, very beautifully put. So we have uh, regional Olympics, and then uh, what are the selection criteria? If you have a certain number, people need to know about this, right? I mean, there are remote areas in the world which uh, do not have access to uh, information. How does Special Olympics promote or uh, make sure that these people understand what these games are? 
Well, first off, the criteria um, uh, is something that we leave to national, you know, national and local jurisdictions. Uh, the criteria to the, the criteria to engage in so special Olympics is a fully inclusive platform. So we welcome the participation of people with and without intellectual disabilities. Uh, our primary stakeholders, of, of course, are individuals with intellectual disabilities. And while that definition can differ within different jurisdictions, generally speaking, it follows the same criteria around, you know, the measurement of intellectual quotient, uh, often in terms of cognitive and, and mobility uh, 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 criteria, et cetera. Um, but Special Olympics uh, as, a, as a movement, as an organization, really operates from a different, uh, not so medical, uh, but rather more um, social in the sense that uh, if you're somebody that wants to uh, eradicate stigma, if you're somebody that wants to serve as a unifier, if you're somebody that wants to break down the barriers of exclusion and replace them with tolerance, acceptance, solidarity, and unity, uh, then the movement of Special Olympics is for you. Uh, we have literally millions of individuals with Down syndrome, autism, other conditions and syndromes, but we also have millions without um, serving as unified partners, teaming up with their, with, with their peers with intellectual disabilities uh, to demonstrate to the world that inclusion, like sport, uh, is contact-oriented. And that to bring people together, you must gain proximity. And in order to gain proximity, you must have a willingness to explore. You must have a desire uh, to, to discover. And so that's why, uh, Tej, I've always contended that the movement of Special Olympics in many ways is a movement of discovery. As we empower people with intellectual disabilities, we discover the better part of ourselves in that quest. Absolutely, yes. Um how many, what is the staff like? Uh, I mean, of course, you've got uh, board of directors, you've got regional, you must be having coaches and trainers as well. So is there a training program in place where people can approach you for uh, access to trainers? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, we have, yes, of course, we have a robust coaches training platform. Uh, uh, in fact, I'll give a plug to, to Gallagher Insurance, uh, a, a global a leader in insurance uh, one of the leading insurance providers, uh, Gallagher has afforded Special Olympics movement with the opportunity to, to create now and implement and sustain a global coaches uh, uh, hub, a coaches training center, uh, mm -hmm. virtual, where we provide you know coaches trainings in any one of our 32 Olympic type sports. Uh, we also have a huge training program for volunteer doctors that wish to provide services and support people with intellectual disabilities. Uh, that includes cardiology, optometry, ophthalmology, dentistry, audiology, uh, you know, a, a range of clinical disciplines. Uh, early childhood, uh, early childhood uh, teachers and monitors uh, have great access to training materials, not to mention the training we offer to athletes themselves to provide, you know, to offer them uh, skills to become strong self-advocates. The challenge, Tej, we have with this population has nothing actually to do with this population. The challenge has to do with ourselves. Um, people, people with intellectual disabilities don't call themselves people with intellectual disabilities. That's a label mm -hmm. that we give them. True. Uh, their names are Dylan. Their names are Lucy. Their names are Loretta. Their names are Marta. Their names are Makar. Um, they, they, don't, they, don't, uh, they don't categorize themselves in this way. These are, these are labels that regrettably the world has given them so as to put a, to, 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 to put a stigma. 
And so one of the best trainings we offer is our athlete leadership training, Mm -hmm. where we teach and we provide a platform for individuals with intellectual disabilities, indeed our athlete leaders, to advocate for new language, for a new vision, for a new way in which we can all interface together, uh, one that calls us by our name, not by our labels. And we believe that the training, we believe that the training in that regard uh, offers people a big opportunity to help create a redefinition, uh, which we put a lot of importance on. Very true. Um, Everybody has names. There is no need to label anybody, right? But having said this, of course, there is stigma. Of course, there is this challenge of uh, identifying with a certain disability. Uh, Is it the family support that uh, you... I mean, you advocate or you advocate general public uh, support, awareness. What is it that is most influential or most remarkable in uh, making sure that that athlete is successful? Well, again, I'll I'll go back to what we had mentioned earlier, which is, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child. And so uh, we know that individuals with intellectual disabilities benefit greatly from direct family engagement uh, and also direct community engagement. And that's why one of our most prolific, most global of partners is the Lions Clubs International Foundation and Lions Clubs International, uh, probably the world's premier community leaders. Uh, Through their very generous philanthropic and volunteer support, Lions Clubs International and volunteers from all over the world help create uh, what we call family health forums. They are family convenings where families and athletes and partners alike come together and learn from speakers, from civil society, from local government, from from philanthropy, from the United Nations, um, new services that are offered for this demographic, but also just, you know, certain tips and tricks of the trade, uh, how families can better care for their uh, for their children with intellectual disabilities, uh, different nutrition tips, uh, healthy lifestyle tips. Um, and so Special Olympics, as you know, Tej, was born from a family, the, the Kennedy family. Yes. yes. Uh, Special Olympics was created as part of a, a was uh, created as part of a family's focus on making the world a better place through their daughter. And so um, certainly the movement of Special Olympics has come a long way. But in some regard, uh, it has stayed very true to its roots. It is a family organization. It is a family-based movement and one that puts a lot of emphasis on the role of mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandparent, cousin. Uh, because we know at the end of the day, if someone's, if, if, if I'm a child with intellectual disability um, and my sibling will not advocate for me, who will? If I'm a child with an intellectual disability and my parents will not advocate for me, who will? And so it, it, this is something where we firmly believe uh, that uh, that the families of, of our athletes are really the the starting line of their quest for inclusion. Right. Uh, when, since you mentioned starting line, uh, what is the age that uh, one can start with, you know, aiming for participating in the Special Olympics? That's a great question. Thank you. So our uh, the, the the age really actually starts at two years old. Two uh, years we have old. an early childhood development program called Young a- Two Years Old. We have a we have an early childhood development platform called Young Athletes, 
which offers children the ages of two to seven, fully inclusive, with the chance to learn inclusive play, uh, socialization, mm-hmm. sensitization, a, a big engagement of families. Let's not forget, Tej, that before children utter their first words and before children understand the relationship between prepositions and nouns and verbs, their first language is play. They throw, they tumble, they fall, they jump. Uh, this is the first human language is movement. And so we, 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 we take great stock in the introduction and the implementation of our Young Athletes Program for children ages two to seven to prepare them for, you know, sustained sport participation, which standard Special Olympics programming begins at the age of eight. And I'm very happy to say, Tej, that the journey of the Special Olympics Sports Program is the lifespan. Uh, I've met athletes uh, into their 70s and 80s. Uh, in fact, I had, the, I had the opportunity to speak recently at a uh, at a very important university uh, with a special Olympic athlete whose name is Loretta Claiborne. Uh, and she's well into her 60s. And she's she's run the upwards of 25, 26 marathons. Wow. And so um, the beautiful thing about spe- the beautiful thing about Special Olympics, I agree, it's a tremendous. Uh, she's a remarkable, uh, remarkable woman. And the wonderful thing about our movement is that uh, sure, it's an organization of, 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 of guidelines and standard, standardized protocols and rules, et cetera. But it is elastic and flexible enough that uh, a local organization of Special Olympics can create a platform that best suits the needs, the desires and aspirations of those in their local community. And mm-hmm. uh, in a world that is so prescribed and in a world that has become so rigid around screens and frames and pixels, uh, Special Olympics, in many cases, offers the antidote. It offers a, a flexible model of discovery, a flexible model of innovation, uh, and most importantly, a most focused model of empowerment. That is empowerment. True. Very, very true. Uh, you start as young as two years old. That is amazing. And uh, you have people who That's right. go through the entire life uh, you know, participating in Special Olympics. That's just amazing. I'm sure the feeling of having something to look forward to is also a motivator, right? Uh, throughout uh, all ages, I think. So you have participants from all over the world, right? I, Do you? Sorry. All over the world. Correct. All so, over the world. That is correct. What are the challenges you face there in terms of culture, in terms of language or say prejudices? Uh, do you have any kind of challenges there? Well, I, uh, I mean, in, in many ways, Tej, the fact that Special Olympics exists is response to a major challenge, which is the world, uh, uh, you know, prior to the advent of Special Olympics, people with intellectual disabilities were quite literally warehoused in institutions. True. Uh, they were not, they, their human rights were not adhered to. Uh, they had no political lobby. Uh, uh, in many cases, uh, their rights were denied them. Uh, and so Special Olympics used the power of sport to highlight not only the rights of people with intellectual disabilities, but also their talents and abilities. And so our, our probably our chief, I guess there's two major challenges that I would say that I face. Um, and uh, I guess... It's uh, it's using the words of the, of of the Charles Dickens uh, book. Um, 
You know, it's the best of times and the worst of times. In inverse order, one of our biggest challenges is capturing the imagination of people to understand that whether, whether you know someone with an intellectual disability or not, this movement is highly relevant to you because it speaks to themes that are critical to all of us. Unity, solidarity, acceptance of difference, inclusion. These are not romantic themes any longer, Tej. These are now themes being used by corporate industry leaders, by national governments, uh, by President, you know, by, 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 by Prime Minister Modi and President Biden alike. Uh, uh, these are no longer themes reserved for corporate social responsibility platforms. Now these are themes built upon true industry strategies. Um, so the, the, the challenge we have in one regard is to get people to pay attention. Um, but I have to say the other challenge is because the world is beginning to awaken uh, to the power that inclusive development has, uh, with the way in which it enriches all of our lives, not just those that we thought were the beneficiaries. One of the challenges we have is keeping up with the demand. Uh, and I say that with, with great excitement, that there are many, many, many companies, many foundations, many national governments uh, that, are, that are now very keen to engage in our movement because now they're beginning to understand, wait, this is a cost-effective, cost-efficient, culturally relevant, multilateral, global platform that has something to benefit all of us. And so I have to say, as we, as we look to solve the challenge of capturing the world's imagination, uh, I'm thrilled to face the challenge of keeping up with the demand to engage in, benefit from, and share in the excitement of the movement of Special Olympics. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point, ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization. Or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision. A vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Wow, that's so well uh, well described. Uh, when you say benefit, uh, let's talk about fundraising now. How do you go about fundraising? And uh, I have heard something about the guardians of the flame. Uh, we have the defense or the police. That is correct. That, that is correct. Well, I, I, I should say, I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned it. Tez, you've certainly done, done your homework. It's a pleasure. I did. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to, to correspond with somebody who really knows uh, our work. Um, you know, first, uh, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in fundraising. Uh, I believe in relationship raising. Mm -hmm. um, 
like any institution, like any entity, uh, if you build deep connection and you build deep relation with people, um, money often happens. If you show someone that they have an opportunity and the potential to enrich someone's life, even sometimes save someone's life, most often people are compelled to want to engage. And a lot of times that engagement comes with financial donation, financial investment. Um, but it all starts with a sense of connection and relationship. And so how do I fundraise? Well, I fundraise by way of what? Well, I fundraise very diligently. And it comes, you know, it comes uh, for each first name and last name. Uh, there are individuals in the world who have a deep desire to make, the, make this global community a better place. Uh, and they find something compelling within the movement of Special Olympics uh, to, to enable them to do that. Uh, my role is to offer them that opportunity uh, and to demonstrate to them why their investment was such a good choice. Mm -hmm. And the athletes of Special Olympics make that quite easy. Uh, when you meet someone with an intellectual disability, when you, when you hit the pitch with, with Special Olympic athletes, there is a definitive, undeniable magic that anyone who has been there will tell you. Whether they can fully explain it may be debatable, but its presence is not. And it is a remarkable, remarkable transformation that happens in people of all abilities. Uh, Special Olympics International, as well as Special Olympics here in Europe, Eurasia, has a very diverse portfolio of, of, of donors and, and investments and, and global philanthropy from government to civil society uh, to philanthropy to, to, to industry. And we take that role of steward very seriously, because we know at the end of the day, people with intellectual disabilities are looking to us yeah, uh, to be their guardians of the flame, which is the flame of hope. Uh, we have been tasked with representing and empowering a population long relegated to the sidelines of their communities and neighborhoods and nations. And so the ability to bring, the ability to move the margins to the center is a very serious responsibility, and we take it with great seriousness. I have to say also, we take it with great pride, and we try to have as much fun as part of it. And let's face it, what, especially in the World Cup season, what could be more fun than sport? Absolutely, yes. Talking of uh, the abilities and talking of uh, this remarkable stories, uh, can you narrate any one story? I know there are many, uh, but can you narrate any one story which has changed the way people look at intellectually disabled people? I read one. Gosh, uh, Tej, you've put me on this. You've put. I put you on a spot. I'll share. I'll share one that I think is relevant. I'll share one very, very quickly as I think. It's quite relevant to one of the dominant themes of the day. Um, the so Special Olympics began in, in, in the year 2017, uh, a platform called Unified with Refugees. We recognized that one of the, the one of the demographics we were not supporting were refugees without refugees with and without intellectual disabilities, and we thought to ourselves, what you know, what demographic could be more in need of service and support? Uh, than refugees with intellectual disabilities. And so we started this program called Unified with Refugees. And 
uh, as part of our work uh, in Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, we were introduced to a family uh, uh, in the Nagarusu refugee camp in Tanzania uh, of a boy whose name was Malakai. And uh, he was a, a, a he was a boy from he was a, a boy from uh, uh, who had fled his home country and was in the Nagarusu refugee camp. Um, and he was uh, he had an intellectual disability and he was chained. Oh he was God. chained to his hut. Um, he was an African boy, uh, but uh, the, the skin around his ankle was white, which meant that that chain had not been there for a short period of time. Uh, he had never known the benefits of early stimulation. Uh, he was uh, fully isolated. Um, and regrettably, this was the highest form of social protection from his family. Refugee camps can be very unforgiving places. Refugee camps can be quite volatile and cruel. And so this boy, who his family believed uh, faced great vulnerabilities, chose to restrain him uh, uh, in exchange for keeping him safe. And so we engaged with this family to ask the family to please consider unchaining him. And in exchange for that motion, we would work with the family and the camp to create uh, unified football teams, which is our inclusive football teams. And uh, sure enough, the family agreed to try uh, this new way of life for their child and them. Um, it's quite emotional to think that uh, just two years after that engagement, that very boy Malachi uh, uh, was the first athlete to march into the opening ceremonies of the 2019 Special Olympics World Summer Games in Abu Dhabi. Uh, leading a parade of 7,000 athletes from 190 nations with 85,000 spectators looking down. Um, that is, you know, it, it makes phenomenal. you appreciate. Um, he's, he's a, he's a, um, you know, you often hear from rags to riches. Um, uh, this is really, a, a you know, a, 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 from change to change. Absolutely. Uh, he really yes. did change the way the movement saw um, and the, the way the movement saw refugees, the more the, the way the movement understood its own potential. Um, and I would yeah, encourage everyone there, across the world. Yeah, there are no words that. to express uh, uh, what, you know, tremendous transformation this boy has gone through. And he's not an inspiration only yeah. to himself, but to Just the remarkable. entire world. Really remarkable. To me, chief among them. <laughs> to me, chief among them, you know. Just amazing. Just amazing. Wow. That's something. And, uh, of course, there's this Iron Man challenge also that I read about. Uh, you have somebody called Chris who uh, participated in the Iron Chris, Man. Chris Nitches, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Multiple, um, multiple. Chris, Chris Nitches is a, he's a remarkable, he's, and he's an example, you know, uh, as well as his family. Uh, really behind uh, the investment uh, of, of, of uh, when I say investment, I mean in all ways, you know, human, not only financial, human, emotional, spiritual investments, uh, where, you know, he's the first ever uh, individual with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman. But there are, there are uh, you know, in, 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 to, to, to leverage and to continue to uh, mm. support his... Mm. His role, um, you know, I would encourage people to look up the likes of uh, individuals like Kester Edwards, a native of uh, Trinidad and Tobago, 
mm-hmm. who grew up uh, very stigmatized, um, living in a culture very unforgiving for people of difference. Uh, and he created the first ever Special Olympics triathlon, uh, which is a remarkable uh, uh, platform um, uh, that, you know, people with intellectual disabilities are often told they'll do nothing. Uh, but I think, Tish, for you and I, I, I think you and I becoming triathletes may be a stretch. Yeah, uh, But for people with intellectual disabilities who are told they'll amount to, you know, and for people with, with intellectual disabilities who are told that they'll amount to very little, um, I, uh, I would use more than two hands to share with you how many athletes I know uh, who have become true athletic heroes uh, that far supersedes the likes of the average citizen. And so if you're looking to discover a different part of yourself and you're looking to empower a different part of someone else, join the movement of Special Olympics. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, I was just going to come to that. It's clear to see you're clearly motivated. It's easy to see why and how you are motivated. Uh, But uh, what does an ordinary person who wants to do something but is not able to for lack of resources or for lack of perhaps the distance or, you know, whatever else, wants to contribute towards the Special Olympics? So how can they do that? Well, the first thing you can do is something action-oriented, which is choose to include. In all of our daily lives, there are people who we could include that we don't. And for, and for whatever reasons that, and for, for, for whatever reasons those are, one of the first things you can do to support Special Olympics is be more inclusive in your day-to-day life. Invite the person who hasn't been invited. Bring the person from the margins to the center of the discussion. Include them in the birthday party, in the baptism, in the Thanksgiving dinner, um, uh, in, the, in, 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 in any one of these festivities. Um, and even in the festivities of everyday life. Number, number two, uh, if you're interested in supporting the work of Special Olympics, join a unified sports team. Coach. Make a donation. Uh, uh, you know, specialolympics.org. Uh, it has all of the contact information of all of our 190 national organizations from around the world. Um, the movement is waiting for you to make a move on us. Uh, you can do that from supporting your favorite sport. You can do that to supporting your favorite nation. You can do that to supporting your favorite neighbor. You can do that in supporting uh, uh, your favorite theme of health or education or ECD or refugees. The beautiful thing about Special Olympics is that if you want to make the world a better place, this is your place. And, uh, and we, we look forward. Uh, we look forward to welcoming the whole world uh, to our movement every day of the year. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, David, as you say on your website, which, by the way, I must mention is very informative, uh, in Special Olympics, the power and joy of sport shifts focus to what our athletes can do, can do, and not what they can't do, right? So uh, more power to you, David, and the entire leadership team at Special Olympics. Thank you very much for sharing the phenomenal work that all of you are doing. That is really amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, when is the next uh, uh, Olymp- Special Olympics taking place? Well, Special Olympics has 120,000 competitions a year. So what I like to usually say to folks is uh, the next Special Olympics is probably happening right now somewhere in the world, uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
we have everything from local. We have everything from local to, to regional to uh, national and even international games. Um, the the biggest property that I'm working on right now would be the, the 2023 Special Olympics World Summer Games that will take place in Berlin, Germany next June, mm-hmm. uh, welcoming 7,000 athletes from 191 nations. Uh, it will be the largest sporting event of the year next year. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, and discovery, Berlin is your place next June. Wonderful. So, people, uh, that's how you support the Special Olympics. And please go and uh, cheer people up. Make these small changes in your lives and in, be inclusive, be kind. Thank you very much. See you again in the next episode, meeting yet another amazing personality. Till then, goodbye. Thank you.